Welcome back to the American Cattleman Podcast. It's great to have you along for the ride again today. Coming up, some news and then a conversation with singer, actor, model, and real-life cowboy, R.W. Hampton. We'll be talking about the cowboy life, his work with a host of national companies as a voice artist, his movie career, and of course, his music. It's a great conversation ahead of the holiday season, and we think you're going to really enjoy our newest friend, R.W. Hampton. We'll get to that in just a minute or two, but first the news. Let's ride. The American Cattlemen Podcast is brought to you by Rawhide Portable Corrals out of Abilene, Kansas. RawhidePortableCorral.com By Miraco Cattle Waterers. Always accessible, always fresh, and distributed by Gallagher. Learn more at am.gallagher.com And by TYM Tractors. Affordable power for the farm and ranch. Find out more at tymworld.com. Now, here's your host, Chap Ramsey. Thanks so much, Hunter, and welcome back to the American Cattleman Podcast. Great to have you along for the ride. Hey, you want to find out more about us? You can find out all kinds of things about the American Cattleman Magazine by going to www.americancattleman.com. And yeah, we've got a Facebook page out there. You can find out more about us on a daily basis on American Cattlemen. Facebook. We're there. Beef Magazine is reporting the large feedlot placements for the second consecutive month pushed November feedlot inventories up 1.7% year-over-year. October feedlot placements were higher by 3.8% year-over-year, enough to push feedlot totals higher, but a smaller increase than was expected ahead of the report release. Say, how about turning manure into protein? That's the goal of researchers at Texas A&M College of Agriculture and Life Science Department of Etymology and Mississippi State University. The story is they're going to use black soldier flies to clean up dairy manure and then examine the fly's value as a potential protein ingredient in livestock, poultry, and aquaculture feed. Some 70 ag economists from across the country are saying that next year is going to be a positive year for the industry. Drovers is reporting that Scott Brown, he's the interim director of the Rural and Farm Finance Policy Analysis Center at the University of Missouri, who also helps author the Ag Economist Monthly Monitor, says he is seeing a lot more positives than what's been reported for the past couple of months. Brown says as commodity prices have seen some momentum, outlooks among economists are also shifting more positively for next year. We can only hope. Separately, ag economists say that beef prices will continue to be on the high side as inputs as well as drought continues to plague farmers and ranchers. All right, sit yourself down and stay with us as we do a deep dive into the world of cowboy artist R.W. Hampton. You're going to really enjoy this. We sure did. We understand cattle. That's why the world's first hydraulic corral just keeps getting better. Our system is simple, flexible, and durable. Built to keep your cattle operations easy and trouble-free. All the best features of a portable system with unmatched customer service is why Rawhide is often imitated, never duplicated. The Rawhide Portable Corral. Hey, welcome back to the American Cattleman Podcast. My name is Chap Ramsey. It's so great to have you with us again today. 
you are in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen, because with us on our Newsmaker line is R.W. Hampton. We're going to talk about his music career, his ranching life, he's a real live cowboy, and, and all the things that he's done in the world of music and film. You're not going to believe it. This is just an amazing character, and we're so pleased to have him. R.W., welcome to the American Cattleman Podcast. Great to have you, sir. Good to be here, Chap, and I'm mighty pleased that all these other folks are going to be joining us, too. So, let's talk about you. Uh, you have an amazing life. You, you were, and you've done it in music, too. Uh, when I listened to your latest CD, My Country, and Living Free, yes, sir. I learned a lot about you. Uh, you... you you're a you're a real live cowboy, who yes sir. who come up the hard way, and I did for a fact. Yeah, so talk about that a little bit. Well, I was just a, a Texas town kid, and uh, grew up on '60s westerns. You know, like everybody did back then. Uh, there, there's just too many of them. They make me smile when I think of them because they were my heroes, and uh, I. Uh, I somewhere out of town, maybe two or three miles was it was where the pasture country started, and I kept the horse out there. So I'd ride my my Schwinn bicycle that I used for my paper route out to where <laughs> I kept my horse, you know. And uh, anyhow, you know, I uh, I uh, learned how to to ride, and I had a neat little old mare we called Mariah. And bless her heart, I hope she's in heaven to meet me sometime because, man, I tell you what, I, I rode her fast and faster. Yeah. That was the only two speeds I knew. But anyhow, she taught me a lot. But then then to fast forward a little bit in my, in my last two summers before I got out of high school, I went to northeastern New Mexico and wrangled horses, learned how to punch cows. Then when I got out of high school, I went to cowboy and working on ranches. And that was, I had a, I had an old uh, three-speed Chevy pickup, an ovation, <laughs> an ovation guitar, and a Texan saddle, and a pair of shaps, and big hat, and high-heeled boots, and jingling spurs. And I was a, I was a riding man. What a story! And, yeah, and, you know. You and I have got a little bit of that in common, as a matter of fact. And uh, yeah, tell me about it. Well, you know, I I rodeoed a bit. I was a, mm -hmm. and you know, but that life, that whole cowboy life, is oh sure is amazing. You know, I I traveled Cody, Wyoming, Cheyenne, uh, uh, Fort mm -hmm. Worth. You know, and 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 just enjoyed every bit of that camaraderie. And and you absolutely. And you sing about it, and you mm -hmm. portray acting. You're you're just an amazing guy, and you're a throwback. You're you're talking about 1960s uh, cowboy shows that I you know I was glued to the seat too, watching that stuff. And so I I know you without knowing you. <laughs> well, you probably do. Our I guess we'd say out here our hearts beat the same. There you go. You know? There you go. And uh, but yeah, I just uh, I just pursued the life of a cowboy. Um, I guess somewhere in my mind, being a Texas kid, I knew because of Texas history there were big ranches and so forth. 
But there was a National Geographic book that came out. It was a photography essay on modern day cowboys at the time. I think that was that was in the mid seventies. Sometimes I think his name was Anthony Amaral. But anyhow, I just remember going, whoa, turning the pages and going, "Whoa, this is still going on." Yep, there are still men out there who make their living. They catch a horse in the dark every morning, and they go about looking after livestock horseback. And I went, and that just really made an imprint on me. And then later on, a fellow that I got to know, he was out of Dallas, a Dallas-based photographer named Bank Langmore. And, Great uh, name, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he had uh, photographed the, the Big Ben and got, gotten a lot of notoriety uh, with his huge black and white prints of the Big Ben to Texas. But then, somehow, he discovered, once again, this breed of men they're just riding men. They're hired men horseback, cowboys, buckaroos, vaqueros, whatever you call it. And they went from Mexico to Canada and from the Mississippi River to the Pacific Ocean. So he he explored that country and came out with a beautiful book. And, and at some point I thought, well, I'm going for it. Right. Right. And you did. And, I did. And you did. Now, so let's dive into the music for just a minute i was okay, so impressed yeah. you've got a great guy down there in nashville lance cowan and uh, lance you bet he's a good man he is a good man and uh, as honest as they come and and you know we've talked many times and and he says that rw is the real deal and and you are and what what and what's so amazing about all of this is that uh, lance says you know i don't work for idiots, I only work for the best. And so, oh, wow. So good on you. I appreciate that. So your music career. Yes. Sir. When I listen to your stuff, mm -hmm. I, I, I listen to that fiddle, and I can, I can see that honky-tonk. And, mm, and yeah. folks out there two-stepping or doing mm -hmm. the waltz and fancy, fancy dresses and tight jeans. I, I, I see it all. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, good. And, and that's, that's true, isn't it? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I hope it to be so. It's interesting because when I sing a song, that's a story song, mm. then I, then I actually see the story that I'm singing. I may be looking out in the audience, but I can see that story. And that first happened to me the first time I heard Marty Robbins' El Paso. It was like right. a movie. <laughs> and so and so my songs do that as well. Now, I don't know. I, I Let me just say, through the years, I've seemed to find a way to connect with the audience. Right. And uh, I'm not sure. And that's, it's hard for me to, and that's to important. articulate. That's, yeah, oh, that, God. Yeah. That, it, because yeah. your customers are your audience. And, right. you know, I, I, again, back on my country, I listened to a, the ballad of Ira Hayes yes. that you did so beautifully. And, and this is like sitting in history class back in high school, because mm -hmm. that story is one of those things that people need to remember. It's, it's a great yes, story sir. song, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, that's a solid piece of history. And that's the way it happened. Yep. And, uh, 
I just, you know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the father of a United States Marine. He's a combat, uh, uh, veteran, um, both of Iraq and Afghanistan. He's seen, he's been to hell and back at 37 years old. Mm. And, and so one thing interesting that, and I'm going down a rabbit trail, but one thing that interesting about the Marine Corps, what they do, and you can call it drinking, the, you can call it drinking the Kool-Aid, but one of the things you do is you hear about men like Ira Page and uh, Chesty Puller and John Basalone. Right. John Basalone. Medal yeah, of Honor winner. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So these young men that are 18 years old, they I mean, they're just thrilled in their souls to hear about all this. It's the same as I was, uh, chap. Yeah. When I sat when I sat in grade school and heard Texas history and I went, "Wow. I'm a Texan." <laughs> <laughs> let's turn it's the, the same deal it is it is the same deal let's turn the page here for a minute i want to talk All about right. about a lot of other stuff that you do ranching mm-hmm. and cowboying and writing sure. songs and singing songs and getting up in front of audiences grand old <laughs> opry and raising kids and raising kids at the same time how many yeah. how many children you got rw we <laughs> We got six, oh. and they run, and they run from seventeen to forty-five. <laughs> well, it it, <laughs> it does get kind of chilly <laughs> in Texas. Well, from that's time right, to time. and no, no satellite TV. And <laughs> I was I, I was somewhere in Kansas here a while back. I was at the church and had my playing some songs and kind of telling my story and. A lady came up afterwards and she said, Mr. Hampton, uh, you have uh, quite a large family. Am I to assume that you're one of our good LDS or Catholic families? <laughs> I said, I said, no, ma'am, I, we're just naughty Baptists. <laughs> oh. <coughs> oh, boy. You got me going here, R.W. Uh, all right, let's, let's talk about the other stuff that you're into. Now, you you're, you're in the process right now. Of doing a movie. Talk to us well, about we just, that. Yeah, we just wrapped. We just wrapped a movie, and I, I'm hoping to start another one here fairly soon. Um, I can't talk about that yet, but the one we just finished uh, was called "Sod and Stubble" from a historical novel of the same name, and it has to do briefly with uh, German immigrant families coming into the Kansas Prairie when they homesteaded on 160 acres uh, in the, from the 1870s. Well, the movie takes place with a family from the 1870s on up to about 1910. But um, I play a doctor in it, and uh, I'm in and out through the years in the film. And uh, then there's uh, Barry Corbin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Buck Taylor, yeah. Uh, ba- Bailey Chase from Longmire, Dodie Brown is the female lead. Oh golly, there was a, just a it was a great cast, and uh, so where'd you film that? Finished, at? Where'd you film? Well, that? we actually it's interesting. We filmed it in Kansas. Oh. Um, the producer of the film, whom I've worked for before. 
Ken Spurgeon is a Kansas native, and uh, he enjoys, if he can, shooting the things pretty close to where they happen. So uh, for the town scenes, we use the old Wichita Town Museum, which is several western streets down near downtown Wichita, and uh, they served as the is the bigger town in the uh, in the film, and uh, then for the homestead scenes, we went within about two miles of where the original homestead was, up around Downs, Kansas, not too far underneath the uh, Nebraska line in western Kansas, and they built an exact the, the house the house that it actually took place in. Is about falling down, but they got the exact measurements and built this beautiful little two-story pioneer home out there. And uh, so we filmed it in two places in Kansas. Wow. But that's not all. You, you've done not only films, but TV appearances. You've been, yeah. a, you've been a national radio and TV narrator for all kinds of yeah. commercials, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Levi Strauss and uh, Western Channel uh, print campaigns. You've been you've yep. been a model for all kinds of things. Uh, how do you do it all? Well, a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the things that have happened to me, like when I was up. Kind of where it all started for me, as I was up on that northern Nevada sagebrush range, uh, working up there, and Kenny Rogers and his whole crew came through, and they did a 1979 special called Kenny Rogers and the American Cowboy, and I think you think you can find it on YouTube, and. it was an interesting concept, almost like a documentary, but but um, it went from Kenny out with the Cowboys and Buckaroos uh, working the range, and he went from there to um, segments of concerts with himself, live concerts, he and Charlie Daniels and uh, Mac Davis. It's hard to explain, but then he would go back to the to the, the stuff that they filmed out there. But anyhow, to make a long story short, um, I had my old guitar and they said, let's build a fire and film some stuff. And so they had uh, me singing Ghost Riders in the Sky and then Kenny singing um, Sweet Baby James by James Taylor. And, uh, you know, for uh, 90 minutes in 1979, I was a big star. But, you know, I was still working on her ranch somewhere. But that's kind of what put that that is the connection right there between and people call it fate. But I don't believe in fate. I just think it's God has ordered my steps. That's right. And uh, that's my belief uh, that that God has ordered my steps. And I look back, I'm going to just well, I'm not supposed to say this. But I am 66 years old, and I've earned every every wrinkle, wrinkle <laughs> crease, and, and scar I've got. But I say that to qualify the fact that I believe I look back in time, and uh, you know what? Well, when it happens, you go, "Wow, that's cool. I was lucky." 
But you look back and see how it all came together for me. And it was a God thing all the way. It always is, R.W. It always is. And if you believe in that and you know it and you're present in the moment, there's amazing things that happen every single day. And sometimes, Absolutely. sometimes folks just don't think about it that way. And, and that's too bad. But well, that's too bad. Yeah. And I've had some awful low times, but, sure. uh, but, um, I'll tell you what, uh, man, boy, I kind of got lost. Now here's the thing. You're going to have to steer me back on the trail. Yes, Cause sir. I was telling, I was telling you about my junction between being a cowpuncher and music and movies, and that's where it went. That's where the spark lit. Well, you know, you you did Westfest with Michael Martin Murphy. He's got mm-hmm. some, he's got some things going on too, and you, uh, you, you know this whole genre, if you will, this this yes. whole cowboy world. You know, we've gotten far away from the ranch and the farm. Uh, folks don't much think about that anymore, uh, unless no. unless you're in it. And your life experiences and, and this conversation is going to touch a lot of people who are going to sit there and they're going to go, yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of remember Grandpa telling me about that. Right. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. and maybe, just maybe, somebody will get up the gumption to say, you know, Let's just uh, kind of slow down a little bit, put the iPhone down and the, 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 the fancy uh, technology, and let's sit and yeah. spin a tail. Yeah. yeah, or talk about the past, talk about where we came from a little right. bit. You right. know, before, the, before these things uh, get away from us. Um, you know, one thing that, that, that I firmly believe, if, if, if we... Uh, I'll stay out of politics, but I do believe we have the ability to feed every man, woman, and child right. from the from the beef and sheep and swine we raise, the poultry, the fish, the grains. I mean, we've got it all here, and there's no reason for anybody to be hungry, and there's no reason, really, and boy, you may want to cut this out of here, but that you know, we ranch and uh, we got our hand in that and have kept it. And, uh, uh, you know, the, somewhere the ranchers ain't making the money they ought to be making. And that's what I believe. That's right. right there. That's right. Well, beef prices are up and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they're projected to stay that way for a while. And, yep. uh, you know, I talk to a lot of ranchers and, and, uh, and folks out there. I, I, I just got off the phone not long ago with Jacqueline Wilson up there in, uh, oh, yeah. in Nebraska. He's with yep. NCBA and does a lot of things. And there are still people. And again, this is an education for so many people that may have drifted away from the farm and ranch. And now they're coming yep. back. And you're a big part of it, R.W., and I certainly do appreciate the time that you've spent with us. We just didn't scratch the surface of your life. <laughs> well, I probably, I, I know I got off chasing rabbits, but it's ah, been a, that's all right. It's, it's been a wonderful time here sitting around the fire, and I'm drinking some, I'm drinking some Southern Pecan coffee, and uh, we've had a great talk, haven't we? Yeah, we sure have. R.W., Thank you so much for spending so much time with us. 
All right, amigo. I've enjoyed every minute. I hope we can do her again. You bet. That's the voice of R.W. Hampton, the newest friend of the American Cattleman Podcast. And we're going to close the gate on this episode of American Cattleman Podcast with some thoughts about gratitude. Yeah, it's that time of year. Come on back. At TYM Tractors, our tractors are made to tackle each owner's distinct needs as they shape the world around them. We augment productivity through technology, quality, and durability, creating equipment specifically designed to deliver long-term value and overcome customer challenges. Check out our website, tym.world forward slash en hyphen U.S. for more information. Therapies, the maternal bovine appeasing substance. This could be the most valuable calf crop in history. Get the most out of your calves. Wean your calves with Therapies. Studies have demonstrated that Therapies calves are 30 to 40 pounds heavier 45 days post weaning. Block the stress with therapies. Less stress means healthier and heavier calves. Learn more at therapies.com. That's F E R A P P E A S E.com. Welcome back to the American Cattleman Podcast. And before we close the gate on this session, we're going to talk about the holiday season, a time when folks take the time to show gratitude for what we all have. But but did you know that showing gratitude all year long can have a positive impact on worker performance and even production? It's true. Just by recognizing folks for their efforts also builds a sense of loyalty to the job, and you know how hard it is right now to find people who want to work. So how can you do this all year long? Here's a couple of tips from our friend Ro Crosby. She's the founder and president of Taro International. It's a global business skills center. Number one, be aware of the good things going on at work and call them out. Too many times we focus on correcting a problem, but even if we're doing that, it can be done in a positive manner. Number two, take the time to write a thank you note. It's so much more impactful than an email, and bets are the person getting that note We'll hang on to it for weeks. Number three is call folks by name. You know, when you're busy shopping for the holidays, look at the retail worker's name tag and engage in a quick thank you using their name. Guaranteed, it'll brighten their day. And finally, if you use social media, remember to post some positive stuff. Lord knows there's a bunch of negative Nellies out there. Be the light rather than being dark. There you go. Four ways you can express gratitude all year long, and it don't cost you much at all. Happy holidays from all of us at the American Cattleman Podcast. <laughs>